Thank you. Welcome to Schmears the Deal. <laughs> I'm Nick Feynman here with Jake Seawalk and a very special episode. Jake, yeah, where are we today? Episode. We're in Industry City, Brooklyn at the Extra Crispy HQ. Downstairs Pretty, at the HQ. Downstairs, we're in the in the cafe area, fittingly enough. Uh, in this week's episode, we're going to review the bagels a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about Breck Festival with Extra Crispy and a little bit of chocolate specialization. Then we're going to do our classic Mention Schmuck of the Week segment, pretty uh, pretty standard for us. Review the night of from HBO, pretty good. Uh, spoiler alert, Jake doesn't like it, not a, not a huge surprise. Uh, one of our guests will probably argue with him on that I one. I never said I didn't like it, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it later. And uh, then we will uh, talk a little bit about how online content, social media has affected the food industry, which, which we have talked about with a number of bagel owners, and we'll get our guest's opinion on it. And then we'll have our final toast and we'll get out of here. But first, I want to introduce our guests, or rather let them introduce themselves a little bit. Megan, you want to go first? Sure, yeah. My name is Megan Giller, and I'm a freelance writer specializing in craft chocolate and uh, also bagels <laughs> for Extra Crispy. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I run a site called Chocolate Noise, and I'm working on a book about American bean to bar chocolate. It's going to come out in spring 2017. Do you want to give a little background on what that is a what tiny bit? Sure. Of what specifically that type of chocolate is? Yeah, so bean to bar chocolate means uh, makers are starting with whole beans and roasting and grinding and turning it into bars themselves, and it's a movement that's kind of exploding across America. So lots of bars and confections to choose from. It's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. It's interesting to combine bagels and that, but right. we'll get we'll get more on that in a second. Sure. Ryan, Ryan, what about you? Hello, my name is Ryan Grimm. I'm the site director here at Extra Crispy. I work here in the Foundry at Industry City. Right I, um, upstairs, right? That's right, fifth floor. We're, we're sort of we're we sort have of the entire floor. No, just kidding. We do we do not. <laughs> well, we're sort of under like a nook. We're in like the breakfast nook. We're under the say. stairs. Yeah. yeah, there's like the staircase of innovation here. I don't think. It's so what did we that. say before this? It was the millennial workplace or something like that. I think I called Industri- it Goog- Google Light. Yeah, <laughs> industry chic. <laughs> Google Light. <laughs> something along those lines. So we have some Barney Greengrass bagels here, which is Jake and my favorite. I we would I say. ventured to the Upper West Side yesterday. Uh, we're munching them a little bit. What do you guys think? These you are guys insane. are you guys are pros. I am uh, a cream cheese, like plain cream cheese purist, but you guys have totally converted me with the scallion <laughs> cream cheese. That's amazing. It's so you know, good. I'm on, I'm on board with it, but it's not my favorite. What oh. is your favorite? I'm sorry. My no, favorite, no, my favorite is just plain. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and just in terms I think, of cream well, I think cheese? I think it's or? just in terms of cream cheese. The, the bagel locks, it's, it's incredible. No complaints. Um, but just the having the scallion with the everything. It's a lot. Interesting. It's a lot. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, we. This is sort of. This is our baseline bagel. So every bagel place we go to, we sort of judge it based on this combination. The reason why I like the scallion is I like. <laughs> what? No, it's fine. Go well, I mean, you full, have full on defend I mean, it. Let's I mean, go. I mean, I'm not just gonna full on defend it. There's just a simple reason, which is that I like having it adds like a, a little bit of a sweet. Um, and it adds like a little bit of sweet to counteract the salty, and that's that's why I like it. And uh, especially with the Barney Greengrass bagel, where the fish itself is almost a little bit sweet, it's like so silky right. and just delicate and delicious. I think that that sweet is just like s- it's such a good um, balance to the saltiness of the seasoning and to the cheese and to the locks. So Ryan, where is your favorite cream cheese in the city that our bagel? What oh, do you like goodness. on just a Saturday? I know that's a tough that's a tough I know, question. I know. Um, I live near Shelsky's on court. Oh, um, the best. Love it there. It's also convenient. 
yeah, so. I, I'm right around the corner from there right. too. Well, so ba- I guess that's why I'm like, oh, the best. Bagels are in a big part convenience. I mean, we yeah, like I'm not going to go to Barney Greengrass on Sunday morning. It's I would like also like to say though, that say that like, like <laughs> it's ridiculous. I go, I'd say, Jake, I think every weekend, almost every weekend. How, wow. how long is the commute? It's dedication. About a, a little, about an hour door to door. Do you just get one bagel sandwich, or do you get no? Like so I a go, dozen? I go with my buddy Bear, and we've been going forever. <laughs> and we go and we get latkes and uh, onion eggs and a Nova platter, and we just shove it down our faces. Amazing. And then we pretty walk good. across Central Park to walk off the excessive amount of food we've just consumed. I really don't know <laughs> if walking just across Central Park would It doesn't do, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like one M&M, they say, right? Like one. <laughs> Each loop around Something. the reservoir is one M&M. Something like that. So uh, we're at Extra Crispy offices. I just want to ask Ryan a little bit what Extra Crispy sure. is. And also, you guys have a festival coming up we that do. pertains to this type of food. So. so Extra Crispy is a website all about breakfast, food, drink, and culture. Uh, we publish recipes. We publish videos. We do Facebook Lives. We do first-person essays. We do travel stories all about breakfast, breakfast culture, breakfast pop culture, the entire you know gamut. It's a kaleidoscopic kind of look to breakfast and, uh, and the culture around it. People have a lot of feelings about breakfast, very passionate meal. The most passionate meal, I would say. I agree. What have you guys found to be like the one piece of information that, like, you didn't expect to know uh, going into it about? I think we find breakfast culture be super, super interesting. Yeah. Um. What What do you think you've learned the most about it? Oh my goodness. Um. A lot of the the regional breakfast, regional meat stories, the the way that people defend them with such kind of passion and, and people get so upset people get so happy when you're covering right. their regional meat that, that, that most people haven't heard of like liver mush or like scrapple I think that's been one of the biggest um, interesting I'm not sure if that's even a surprise but that's been just like fascinating there's a serious scrapple yeah. contingency yes yeah. and, our, and our scrapple stories have done great in terms of just people do you want to give us a little background what on what scrapple, scrapple like, is what is scrapple sure what is that I have no idea what that is sure well I you know you can watch a video Patty Jackson a great chef here in the city she um, did a great video with us so scrapple is a, it's, it's kind of like a loaf that you make it's almost like a polenta and you make it um, and then you also you can put different types of she used um, pig heart and pig it's a meat polenta Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's like a loaf that you slice Sounds kinda great. thick and then you fry the loaf. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah. Oh and then you fry it. You slice it and you fry it. Then you walk you walk eighty five times across Central Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually and then it's really nutritious. Is it eaten plain or is it eaten on a sandwich? Is it eaten with a sauce? It's usually eaten with probably eggs? a platter with eggs. Gotcha. Yeah. I've seen it but chefs are doing all sorts of interesting things with it. Like I've even seen scrapple pizza. Recently, so where, where in the we, city we is a, a good place to that get was, that scrapple? Was in Philadelphia. Um, it is um, Delaware and Hudson. It is I think it's in Williamsburg. I haven't cool. been there to check it out. Haven't had a lot of scrapple in real life, but I've read about <laughs> I've read it a, a lot. lot. I've had Patty Jackson's. It's delicious. She used th- yeah, it was heart and um, liver, I believe. Interesting. Interesting. So it's so a good it's kosher cool. dish for this. Uh, How uh, <laughs> Megan? I guess, and we might talk about this more later on. Um, but how has the, where is the intersection of chocolate and breakfast food that you're seeing right now? I yeah. know you're, you have a very mm-hmm. specialty chocolate, but there seems to be a lot of crossover with the salty, sweet, right. savory. For sure. I mean, chocolate croissants, that is the ultimate. Right. Um, chocolate donuts. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of fine chocolate necessarily or bean to bar chocolate being used in breakfast, right. but it's still everywhere. And I mean, I recently wrote something about how chocolate cereal is the worst because <laughs> it's just 
fake chocolate. And it's like, why? Then some people that I know who uh, know a lot about chocolate said that they actually make their own chocolate breakfast cereal where they just like sprinkle huh. chocolate <laughs> chunks in I, special K. And I stuff. It sounded you, amazing. I thought you were going to say they came to the defense of Count Chocula. No, like sorry. <laughs> I wish. Apparently, there's a really good uh, French chocolate cereal? breakfast cereal, but I haven't tried it yet. So. How do you feel about chocolate babka? Oh my god, yeah, chocolate babka! That's what I feel about so chocolate I didn't. <laughs> I just moved to New York a year and a half ago, and I had not. I mean, I'd heard of babka, but I did not understand what that really I couldn't was. Imagine and then we someone went to bread. Trying it and not I'm like saying it. no. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Go, Russ and daughters. Oh yeah, Russ and daughters. Kosars. Kosars. Okay, I don't. I haven't been there. Kosars has great bagels that's and good. really next level good babka. Yeah, babka they're, has its uh, own special category. Their bialis are the best best thing there. They're really well, really yeah. Good nice. As they describe them, they're Jewish English muffins. So. <laughs> I like that anyway, description. But yeah. it's, it's pretty, and they have an everything bagel cream cheese, which, so you don't get the there mess you on your hands. It's a pretty good idea. Would you actually. eat it out of the tub? I, would, t- I wouldn't eat it out of the tub. <laughs> I, think, I think that the scallion cream cheese from Barney Greengrass is the only one I would just <laughs> take a spoon to and just R- Jake was sit down on my couch and watch TV <laughs> and just eat a tub of cream cheese. Yeah, the way people eat like peanut butter. Yeah, yeah. That's how I am. That's how I feel about this cream cheese. <laughs> well, that's why you got such a big, such a big tub, right? <laughs> Th- so this is a question that I've been, I Nick and I have kind of been seeking to answer, and it it just <laughs> kind of comes from what you were saying. Like people are just from certain areas and kind of like the things that they come from. But why yeah. do you think people are so enamored with breakfast? It's just like. People love breakfast. They love it. And I I still haven't really been able to... I, it's, is it because the food is better than other meals? Like, I, You know, maybe some of it has to do with sleep, right? Like you, you sleep yeah. for like seven, eight hours and you're like, ah, oh, what's going on? And then you got to like do something. <laughs> what's the first thing you do? You know, you eat. You eat. I, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. There's also sort of yeah, a I'm beautiful sure simplicity There's to it. There's a beautiful though. simplicity to it. Like the food... I Now, certainly... The cuisine is definitely being elevated, and that's a whole part of your website. But, I mean, there's a simple, real simple thing about a good bagel with a schmear and lox that it, you know, it hits the umami notes. It goes, I don't know. It, I think it appeals to a lot of people. But you were, you were asking about chocolate and, and sweet, but I think there's like a real sweet contingency and savory contingency there with are. breakfast, I and totally people are really serious about that. it. Yeah. People love true. French toast, people love waffles, but on the same time, people love like a great bacon, egg, and cheese. And they're just too radically different foods that people eat at the exact same time of day and feel like equally passionate about but for and like, equally sick afterwards sometimes. and equally <laughs> yeah. sick afterwards True. and it's interesting to me and we find a lot of we, we see a lot of really interesting groups of people when we walk into these like old established new york city bagel shops that have been in business for the last hundred years and the, they have the same patrons. Well, there's a, some of the really old ones look like some of the patrons have been there since they opened. <laughs> yes. I mean, there, <laughs> they just a guy, moved in. There was a guy reading like the New York Times with a magnifying glass. It <laughs> yeah. was actually from well, 1976. It's, like, right. it's like their hobby. It's like part of the, you ask them right. what right. they did. And you know, if, they, like, if they're retired, they're going to tell you why I go here every Sunday. Yeah. Right. It's pretty cool. Do you want to say something about Breck Festival? Yeah, we'd before, love to then we'll go Oh, to I'd love to. <laughs> Um, so yes, it's, called it's coming the, up. The Breck Festival is the third and the fourth. Um, there's you know two sessions between two parties. One's at two to five. One's at six to nine. Saturday and Sunday, all you can eat, all you can drink. It's on the East River, Twenty Third Street, Manhattan. It's going to be a great party. We have music, we have DJs, we'll have contests. Um, there's also Sunday night 
there's a uh, breakfast pageant. We're going to crown the <laughs> king and queen of breakfast. So based on what enter, criteria, if you don't based on a very short performance slash talent. So like think like a minute and breakfast a half. Breakfast related talent? Should, yes, should be breakfast okay. related. How, if how someone gets up if someone gets up there and does something that's not breakfast related, but it's like, it's truly like a truly minute, spectacular, a then it's fine. How do you rate eating scallion cream cheese out of a tub? If you get up there and eat that <laughs> out of a tub, you might win. You have to bring we the We have TV a crown upstairs that you'll win. You'll, you'll win this crown, I'll show you later. My you interest has been peaked. You, <laughs> you just want to eat the scallion cream cheese. Like, that's a whole I, other thing. I'm not I know this is a show. I'm not kidding. If, if you want to enter and do that, please. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> And Maxine will like that. Maxine, how's the bagel? Good. <laughs> we, we can't hear you. <laughs> Maxine, Maxine set this up. She's sitting there quietly eating a bagel, if that's correct. Drinking out of a mason jar. And it has a big smile it's on very, her face. It's very, very industrial chic. It's very good. All right, with that, I think we're going to go to break. We'll come back with Mention Schmuck of the Week and our review of the night of from HBO. This is Schmier's The Deal. I seem to stay in a lot of hotels that have the indoor swimming pool. You can always tell a hotel has an indoor pool because their lobby will smell like a bucket of bleach. Uh, Do you guys have an indoor pool or did someone just clean up a murder scene? Because my eyes are bleeding and... Basically, I'll hit the indoor pool. That's always relaxing, right? Until anyone else shows up. Because then you're just in a gigantic tub essentially in your underwear with some stranger lurking there. The polite thing to do is ignore the other person. Because there's nothing you can say at that point that doesn't sound creepy. You can't be like, hey, hop in! What room are you staying at? I didn't shower before I got in here. Kind of count this as a bath. Welcome back to Schmear's the Deal. Yes, sir. I am Jake Seawalk. I'm Nick Feynman, here with Ryan, Megan. What's up, guys? We are hey guys. we're we're Hello. at Extra Crispy headquarters in industry industry city. Feeling pretty crispy myself. That's a whole <laughs> that's a whole other thing. I don't even know what that means. Nor, don't do, worry I, about nor it. do I care <laughs> to know what that means. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Uh, do you want to do mention schmuck of the week? Let's do mention schmuck of the week. All right, here it is. Let's. Let. I think a mention is like a superhero. Those were the days when I was just a poor schmuck. They're looking at him like, what a schmuck. Thank you, Donald. Thank you. It's, it's going to be a shame when, well, when the election's done either way, because either we're making fun of a president that's yelling schmuck, or the guy's just lost and he's, lost. he's yelling schmuck. Yeah. All right, well, we'll cross that bridge, I guess, when we get to it. If anyone, if you, either of you guys know any prominent people that yelled schmuck in a very public place, we'd love to insert it into this <laughs> intro. <laughs> I don't think I have one. I, I don't have no, one either. It's, it's I'm sorry. Can't think of one off the top of your head. Ryan will, will go outside and yell schmuck for you if you want, though. Sure. I mean, you yell now if you want. Second Avenue is pretty desolate. Schmuck. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Uh, but we're going to start with Mensch. Jake, right. who you got? My Mensch of the week is a is a group of people. It is the New York Little League baseball team. Sure. They they brought home the Little League World Series. Crown champions. They are the first United States champions of the Little League World Series since 2011, representing New York. I love it. Nice. Wow. Pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. Pretty happy about that. With That's a two, great. A 2-1 win over South Korea. It's kind of a lame win, but... That's a... Gr- All right. You say lame... You're not entirely wrong, but put it in the perspective of Little League. What Little League for team someone, has a pitching duel? For someone to have a pitching duel at the Little League level, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not juicing enough. The kids aren't juicing enough. Who's the schmuck? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so I have a schmuck, and I guess Ryan has one. Ryan as well. has a has a schmuck but as well. I'm going to start with mine. There's a 16 year old Australian woman who uh, she escaped from prison, and they posted her 16. You said yeah. They she they posted her mugshot on Facebook. She had just been arrested. She escaped. They posted her mugshot on Facebook, and she commented on the post with a better picture of herself. And was caught four hours later. <laughs> oh it's a pretty pretty big schmuck <laughs> move. That's pretty hilarious. It was like it was like sixty thousand times in Australia. The the picture the better picture of herself. That's really funny. Yeah, there you go. It's Sorry, a good schmuck. Right. What uh, do you got? No problem. I was just gonna mention the um the woman on the subway with the crickets had oh, okay. but, <laughs> but, but it turned out to be all a, all a hoax and well, all of a. Do you want to um, explain for people that didn't didn't see this? Do you want to? Yeah, I don't that? know about it. Sure. So last in week the, the story came out. There was a, a woman who was kind of like disturbed and having a rough time, and she was selling bugs on the subway, <laughs> and someone swatted the um, basket of crickets, I think, of worms away, and then like just mayhem ensued, <laughs> and then she was also throwing up, and she was peeing, and then someone pulled the emergency brake, and the train stopped for like a half an hour, and it was hot. And they were just stuck. And people in. were going berserk, and, it was, and there's a video of it that goes on for like 18 minutes, and it's just like mayhem. And then Did you watch the whole video? Oh, of course. And then... Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, like a two days later or so, um, this woman was posting on her on her Facebook wall the the video, which was like kind of like cut together really well. Right. And then she was talking to I think Fusion about the story, and then they, it kind of came to be known that she was the woman who was doing it, and it was all on, it was a hoax. It was all a hoax. It was all oh. it was all kind of performance art in order to raise awareness for I think mentally ill people. But it like but it it, it, it it's just like if you watch the video and you realize someone's doing this on purpose. <laughs> It's just the absolute just worst. Getting it's stuck it's awful. for thirty minutes. Getting stuck, and she was like, awful. "Peen." Yeah. Wait. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's tough. Not not the yes. best art you're gonna see. She's no. very dedicated though to her art. Apparently. Well, I guess she's raised a lot of awareness of herself. Well, <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, of herself. Yeah. Of herself, but also in that uh, is a sh- it's a that's a good schmuck of the week. Yeah, it's pretty. That's good. a schmucky move. Yeah, they're both pretty schmucky. I'd say it's good. Yeah. High quality schmucks. Yeah, this high week. quality schmucks. There are a lot of them in the world, to be honest with there you. There are a lot. Uh, let's talk about the night of. Let's talk about it. Very popular so HBO bad. show. You're a big fan. Ryan's a big fan. It is a limited series, eight parts, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Um, last one came out last night. We're not going to spoil anything. We're just going to talk we about the show. Anything. We're going to give a little synopsis, um, talk about the show, the actors that are in it, what we think of it. Starring, I, I actually didn't look this up, but it's Riz Ahmed, right? Mm-hmm. That's the name of the actor? Okay. That's correct. He was in uh, Nightcrawler. Was was the that's right? The, yes. Okay, so um, he plays the, the the for all I know, I've only seen one episode. He plays the lead character. Um, John Turturro plays his lawyer, and it is about um, this this young uh, Pakistani um, man that is arrested for a murder that he says he did not commit. Well, he sort of, I mean, we can just give the synopsis of the first episode, basically. He takes a cab, picks up a woman, ends up sleeping with her, wakes up. She drugs, alcohol involved, wakes up, and she has been stabbed a bunch of times, basically, pretty graphically. Yep. And the rest is what unfolds from there. Uh, That's right. It's, uh, first of all, you haven't gotten to my favorite cameo of all time, which is Michael K. Williams, a.k.a. Omar, showing up from The Wire, just showing up out of nowhere in jail. So, 
Where I mean, well, I don't want to spoil anything. But you don't it's, have to. It's not really. It's not really a cameo. It's more of yeah, a. He's a, uh, a, he's a pretty substantial yeah, yeah, character. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just all of us. But it's like a couple episodes in. <laughs> I thought yeah. we had everyone introduced, and all of a sudden, Omar is one of my favorite characters of all time. Did you, you watch know, The Wire? Yeah, I love The Wire. You know, Bodhi from The Wire is mm-hmm. also in that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Huh. He's yes. the witness. Yes, that's right. Yes. Uh, so, is it the guy. Who's walking down the block and him and the other guy yeah, and, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. and they see uh, them right. and then and then he uh, yeah, yeah, I well exactly. I don't want to spoil it but he's no, reluctant to I know be exactly involved in this whole about. situation and yeah. also the uh, the writer from House of Cards Paul Sparks is it and which you isn't didn't the get other to. writer no no I was thinking of so uh, Paul Sparks who is better at looking desolate without saying anything than any other actor <laughs> and it's uh, one of the one of the showrunners is Steve Zalian yeah and who I used to work for really yeah. There you go. Well, you could have been a part of this. Nah, <laughs> probably wouldn't have been a part of it. I was well, a, I was a reader. And so I wonder how long it's been in production. I should have looked this up, but uh, I'm afraid of getting it spoiled, so I haven't been googling it heavily. But James Gandolfini was is one of the executive producers, which is interesting oh, well. because he's not a lot anymore. Hasn't been for, for a while. For a while. So it must have been in production for a while. All right. So what did everyone think? I love it. I'm a big fan. We have one. One love it. Love it. We have two love it. Love it. And we have one, I think it's like every single other crime show that's uh, on TV. Yeah. I think it's like well, how many episodes have you seen? I've seen one. Okay. There are seven more. I also think that's it's kind true. of like serial brought to, to life, you know. To, to it vision. is very much like serial yeah. brought to life. Yeah. I, A lot of different I did feel together. like yeah. as I was watching the first episode unfold, and obviously this could change over the course of the next seven episodes, but I felt like from the minute I started watching I was always four steps ahead of what the show was. I, I always knew it was going to be happening 20 minutes down the road. That, that first episode is so slow. The first couple are. So I, I wonder it's supposed if that's to set part the of table why. Yeah. To a large extent. Uh, it just felt like everything was super, super, super telegraphed. But I think, I think, and Ryan's seen more of it than I have. I'm about halfway through. That is supposed to be that way so that you actually get it. You're supposed to remember like the different characters and the different, or, or like supposedly remember the different characters and the different clues that are happening right. in the first episode. Yeah. I think some of that was intentional, partly maybe to show how slow the process can be. Right. Because right. a lot of, well, a lot of, um, procedural cop shows things move very quickly and they have to make it exciting for you a lot but of montages I, yeah. my, my but then in real life it's it actually, it can be very boring. It can take right. forever and it's so tedious and, um, you can see a lot of the work being done is not exciting. But I, I, think I don't want to ruin that. for any any anything for anyone. But when you get further into the series, a lot of stuff is sped up. Like they don't show some parts of the legal process and all of that, and, and suddenly the main character is you know he's in. We'll, we'll just say he's in jail briefly, or maybe a long time. I don't know yet. I haven't finished it. And he gets like really tough, really fast. And you're like, how did this happen? Right. He's getting prison tattoos. What? <laughs> Well, my, he's in, my, he's my in Rikers Island, right? That's right. The, yeah. Not yeah. To, my fault with it wasn't that it was slow. I thought it was a like a pretty nicely paced episode. Um, I, I thought that it gave you a, all of that kind of opening stuff gave you a lot of good background on on Nas as a character. Um, I, I, that wasn't really what um, my problem with it was. I just felt like as as soon as I saw him pass those two guys in the street, I like you like you know that that's going to come back when you. Um, it but just in what way. But how is it, how is it going to come back? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. But it just it just <laughs> felt like I was always twenty minutes ahead of it, which was um, 
with a show like that, something like with, for example, a, a show where that was not the case that I am just in love with right now. I still have one episode to go is Stranger Things, which we reviewed, which two we weeks reviewed ago. a few weeks ago. And I felt like when I was watching Stranger Things, I never, 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 never knew or know what's coming next. And I absolutely love it for that reason. Have you guys seen Stranger Things? Or yeah. Did you, did you like Stranger episode. Things? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's great. But the difference is, is Stranger Things is trying to perhaps draw the viewer in as opposed to Night Of where it's trying to lay everything out and sort of... They're trying to draw they are, in They different are different ways. shows. It is, it is comparing apples to oranges in some ways. One's like a very sci-fi show and one is obviously absolutely not. Well, one is supposed to have the viewer make assumptions and... I, I would keep watching if I were you. I think it's, I, I, I think it's it. really good. I plan on it. Just for just for frame of reference, what are your like? What are your, some of your favorite TV shows uh, that are on now or ever made? Just either or. Sure, it's a wide question. It's a yeah. very wide question. Um, wow, I like um, well, The Wire. We talked about The Wire. I love right. Game of Thrones, um, Simpsons, Seinfeld. Did you watch Lost? You know, I a little bit, and then I. Um, and then I got distracted with like a something lost. Else. Easy, I don't know. It's easy to get distracted. Lost yeah. is a commitment. Too. Did you? Yeah, lost? I, did you finish Lost? I, yeah, I liked. I lost. finished Lost. Yeah, I, Oz is one of my favorites. Oh, the really? Wire, Sopranos, and then of course lots of girly things like Sex in the City, <laughs> Veronica Mars. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, that's trust me. I like all I the good shows. And then I've heard that Veronica fan. Mars is like objectively a good show not, yeah, not really a girly one. right I no no it, it is good the third <laughs> season is not so amazing but the first two are very well oh written. eric andre you guys okay oh eric yeah, andre. I know eric yeah. Oh. yeah the season's been incredible yeah i love the eric andre it's show. been so good but I, I, well it sort of speaks to i guess how broad tv quality has become that right. we're talking about so many different genres in the same sentence as the wire and do we, do we really think, set the table for these? Do things. we think there'll be a season two of the Night of? Totally unrelated. It probably would be a totally unrelated season, is my guess. Well, I kind of hope there isn't. Well, True yeah. Detective I, I, was I, I kind of want it to be done too, right? True Detective was a well, limited series. Originally, or True Detective they've was done a, two, right? But the second season was nowhere near right. And like I think it, originally it was just supposed to be uh, like a a mini series, and it was met with like such great success that they yeah. just asked Nick Pizzolatto to write a second season. And and like, so well for them. Didn't, didn't so. go great. Yeah. Yeah, like if the night of comes back and Vince Vaughn is the like <laughs> intimate lead yeah. detective, I'd I would, be I would like for them to leave it as just a very yeah, well done one time one study. time miniseries. Yeah, just leave it. Who's gonna watch Westworld? I'll watch it. I'll give it a chance. I, I'm not sure yet. I'm gonna watch it. Well, if you're bringing it up, we're probably going to review it. We're probably going to review it. We're looking for so we did um, specific like breakout Game of Thrones reviews in during that season. So we we might do that for Westworld. Nice. Spoiler alert to everyone that's listening that (laughs) might be interested. All right, uh, you want to go to break? Let's go to break. All right, uh, when we come back, we are going to have a little bit more of a serious discussion and some chocolate and some chocolate. This is Shmir's the deal. I want to dedicate my performance tonight to my father, who was a roofer, so, Dad, if you're up there. (laughs) Standing in the park today wondering, why does a Frisbee appear larger the closer it gets? And then it hit me. (laughs) Went to a karaoke bar last night that didn't play any 70s music. At first I was afraid. Oh, I was petrified. Welcome back to Schmear's the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman. Still here with Jake Seawalk. Still, still here. Still at Extra Crispy. Still at Extra Crispy. Still with Ryan, Megan. How you guys doing? Hello. Great. All right. 
dessert portion. Megan, this is your specialty. Yes. Go. T- Take us away. Always the best. Um, yeah. So I brought um, a bar of chocolate for everyone to try. So I've been writing a lot about chocolate these days and mainly bean to bar chocolate, which means, like I was saying earlier, that people start with the whole beans and roast and grind and turn it into chocolate themselves. So a lot of the chocolate that we normally eat is, you know, made in big industrial facilities. These people, uh, the makers that I write about, have, are making it in very small batches, small machines, small production. Like this guy, um, Fresco Chocolate, actually made his own uh, bean roaster out of a dryer, like a commercial <laughs> dryer that he took and completely like refurbished it. And he did that with a lot of machines. So how do you part chocolate it? maker, part inventor. Part inventor, yeah. And, and a lot of these people are. A lot of them are, <laughs> right. I mean, like, at the really small scale, they'll use juicers and hair dryers and shop vacs and all sorts of stuff. What's wrong start. with just roasters? Um, you can use that regular <laughs> it's, coffee it's roaster. Less, it's it's really less cool if you No, no, it's just too small. The, uh, the one that you would have at home to roast coffee beans, like, you could do that, but you'd be roasting all day to try to get any sort of production level. So that's why he did the dryer. So what is the difference with, like, a bar like this? So obviously, I, we, we just bit into it, and there's a lot of flavor, especially in the yeah. after aftertaste sort of keeps going and going and going. But, like, what is the goal specifically of bean to bar? Yeah, chocolate? so this is – a lot of them are single origin. So the goal is – to taste all these different flavors in chocolate that we've kind of forgotten about because we're used to eating industrial chocolate that's very flat and boring. So this one is a single origin uh, from Peru, which means all the beans come straight from Peru. And a lot of times Peruvian chocolate is kind of fruity and acidic, which you might have noticed. Yeah, there's a lot of flavors. Yeah, and so it's probably really different than the other chocolates that you've tried before. I would say this one's more of a tasting chocolate. Sometimes they make some that, you know, you would just want to eat the entire bar in one sitting. This is more like you kind of smell it and you're like, oh, the fruity notes, you know. Probably eat the entire bar. Please do. Seriously. I'm not taking any of this home, so you have to eat it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I took a... (laughs) I don't think you could. No, I don't think you could either. I think it's like I feel like, like I'm being challenged, right? I know now. it's like drinking a gallon of milk. Like you my roommate, eat who like bar. I'll make dinner for both of us, and I'll be like, "Hey, I bet you can't eat dinner for both of us right now." <laughs> You're like, "Oh yes, I can." Yes, I can. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I took a bite and I was like, "Oh, it's like kind of normal chocolate," mm-hmm. and then it just kept going and going and yeah, going and going. going. Yeah, there's a lot of flavor, and it's because there's for, there's several reasons for that. The beans are a lot higher quality. Um, and people are paying a lot more for the beans, right. too. So the farmers are actually getting what they deserve to be paid. Um, and then through the process, they're really taking care. I mean, it's like any artisan food, like, you know, coffee, especially coffee, craft beer, chocolate is having a moment like that. Right. Where there are all these people really exaggerating the flavors. And Well, it seems there's an artisanal movement in pretty much every yeah, food industry. For sure. At this point. And I guess that sort of brings us to our next topic which you guys are both tied into, which is sort of how does how has the online culture of food and social media driven this food revolution? And I mean, as someone that Ryan, I guess, might make most sense to start with you as someone that just launched a sure. food yeah. site. What if we are very, very interested in the intersection of food and Internet? Um, so we <laughs> you might even makes, say you're at sense. the intersection. I am paid to be interested in it. Um, dur- you know, during the break, we we're talking about the article that Alana Massey wrote for us uh, the other day about breakfast on Instagram, which I thought was really insightful and really good. And she talked a lot about how not everyone, but you know, a lot of people eat breakfast alone frequently at home, right before work, even at work. And the share that breakfast has on Instagram is, is huge compared to like other meals, maybe more right. than you would think it. Well, I forget the numbers, but it's like really high. 
people Instagramming avocado toast and smoothie bowls and acai bowls and even like their lattes and stuff like that. And part of that could be because they want everyone to see it because they're always eating it alone. Um, and they want, it's also a very like, it can be a very pretty meal, very like small and dainty compared to like a roast chicken with like carrots and mashed potatoes or like a big, like kind of like ugly brown dinner of like potatoes and whatnot. Yeah. It's very very vibrant colors. It can be, it can be very colorful. Yeah. Yeah. And like in very kind of like, you know, like think of like latte art or think of, you know, little like, you know, like chia seeds that you would place one by one in like a bowl. Yeah. The acai bowls are beautiful yeah and people yeah. And, and people spend a lot of time on that and the other part of that is that you know she talked to a lot of these instagrammers who have huge followings who are known for that and and they talked about how a lot of times they don't do that day to day at all it's just kind of like i don't want to say like it's performance but it's kind of like they're doing that for the photo and then it's done and then their day-to-day breakfast is not like that it's kind of like this interesting I, I don't know. I guess performance. In a way. Yeah, for sure. I think that this intersection has made everything move a lot faster, for one thing, but then also really emphasize the visual. Um, I mean, we're just moving more towards visual culture in many ways, but Instagram, for sure, exemplifies that. And then, I mean, I think just with all the videos and everything that people want to see online, that that has helped food culture and I guess maybe hurt it a little bit. I was thinking just about how as a freelancer, it's like we're required to have that online um, presence and social media presence, which like sometimes I want us to all just be like boycott it. And then other times I think it's the coolest thing in the world and allows you to connect with all sorts of people. By the way, that's not just in food throughout the journalism writing world. I mean, there's a famous essay about the campaign trail called Twitter killed the boys on the bus, which is the famous book about the campaign trail, which is interesting because it's sort of free content 24 seven. Yes, for sure. I mean, I I was actually talking with a former freelancer from, years and years ago probably a couple of decades ago who used to get a, you know a thousand dollars an article and for like a little blurb and it's just right. it's such a different world at this point what about uh chocolate culture because we've talked a lot about bagel culture and we'll talk about it more but we i'm i will admit i'm not a big chocolate follower on instagram how big is the culture there and it's huge and you know i was what ryan said really resonated with me too because i think people eat dessert a lot of times by themselves too in secret like i used to say the best way to eat dessert is in your pajamas in front of the tv but um, absolutely right about that (laughs) and um i think maybe that's why it's shared so much over instagram and stuff too because people it's also obviously the food porn factor but you know people want to to share what they're enjoying but um i don't know i always think that for chocolate until we have a culture where we're like sitting around drinking eating chocolate the way you would drink lattes or drink right. a, a pint of beer it's not going to change but yeah I, I mean i don't know i i really i think the online and social media world is important for chocolate like i recently i was trying to write this story about the best bean to bar chocolate uh ice cream in the country right now because there's all this like really high quality ice cream for the summer and i knew about maybe four and so i put out a call online and then heard about like 20 and that was a pretty cool moment that you know everyone was able to connect that way and kind of move things forward that's i mean that's is it supporting a lot of the growers as well i mean you mentioned it earlier but like that sort of i guess churn of people ordering from all over the world yeah for sure i mean one of the reasons the bean to bar movement could start in the first place is a website called chocolate alchemy where before that everyone um for one i know chocolate alchemy um (laughs) it is kind of alchemy though like how do you turn these beans into like this chocolate but um a dryer a dryer dryer or a hair dryer yes (laughs) blow dryer but um but yeah i mean he uh the guy who started it john nancy made it so that you could order beans in small quantities before that no one had 
someone at home couldn't order beans to make them at home, you know, to make chocolate right. at home. It would have to be, you'd order a ton, literally, of beans. Um, and then Which also, is like what Hershey's orders. Right, exactly. I mean, they order many tons. Right. But, uh, and then he also kind of broke down how you make chocolate each step and showed people how to do that. And before that, you would have had to buy like a massive professional book that was very confusing and where you couldn't answer anything in real time or find out anything. So it's pretty cool how that revolutionized the chocolate world. Yeah. And we've talked to a lot of a lot of bagel owners that have said it's that a question we ask pretty that, that Instagram has been like a huge huge driver of their business. Oh, I'm sure. And um, I mean, we've spoke to uh, at, at Tompkins Square Bagels. Chris has, t- has told us a lot that um, that's essentially how Tompkins Square Bagels ended up on the map. Was yeah. was the one person Instagramming one the French person toast Instagram bagel, the French toast bagel with, with the with the birthday, um, birthday cake, cake cream, cream cheese. cheese, and it blew up the entire bagel joint. And that's kind of well. We saw that with the Rainbow Bagel. We saw it with the Rainbow yeah, Bagel, also with the Bagel Rainbow Store bagel. in Williamsburg. And that's that's kind of my next question, which is, how much do you think people are now focusing on producing food for the for the picture, as opposed <laughs> I think some to people for are. the taste? I think a lot. Yeah. There was a um, I forget who ran this campaign recently, but someone ran a campaign like a Donald uh, company. Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump. No, uh, someone ran this campaign to show um, the picture behind the picture. So it's huh. kind of what Ryan was talking about earlier. Like someone would Instagram their acai bowl, but then there would be another picture of them in their kitchen where like everything was a total mess <laughs> from making that perfect yeah. acai bowl. I mean, it's the same with like you know the test kitchens from you know from magazines. Right. Like you know the, like the actual office and kitchen is a mess it's dirty you're making food but then the actual you know final product is this nice little thing that you almost right. don't want to eat right uh, well that's i mean i'd love too, to see i'd pretty. love to see the behind the scenes of like tasty for example buzzfeed where yeah. it's like this perfect like in a vacuum thing which is beautiful and i love watching but i sort of imagine there are like 20 people like covered in chocolate or yeah. whatever else <laughs> <laughs> they're like yelling at each other because right. like, all standing late. around with lighting too i mean and <laughs> yeah, all that yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. stuff yeah yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's also I was just like in thinking about this the how cell phones obviously with all social media but just the advancement of cameras to even be able right. to get depth of field on a picture like I just took with this bagel is amazing. Yeah, uh, totally. It's pretty, pretty cool. How um, how easy is it or difficult is it to take a beautiful picture of a chocolate bar oh my gosh it's so difficult chocolate <laughs> is brown and flat <laughs> and can look so yeah, gross that's what I, was wondering. I know and no i mean that's actually like a huge difficulty for me because it's also really boring after a while to just take pictures of chocolate bars you have to so we have a series on, on my instagram of just like you know chocolate bars in front of graffiti and bushwick <laughs> like all sorts of funny things <laughs> like that it's like, like what do you do color. after a, a while make it yeah. cool <laughs> how much do you think um and Ryan, this is this is more of a question for you. How do you think the all basically the accessibility to the internet and to just a variety of different um, platforms has increased people's kind of individual interests in in cooking and in food? Do you think it's like it, it I mean, seems ton, to me that it's like really, really yes. like made people so much more interested in food as just kind of a broad category. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I, and for the most part, it's all good. Like for the most part, it's like people are seeing these recipes they've never seen before. They're seeing all these free videos that show you how to make it, and it's all good. You know, I mean, like it's uh, you would see a written out recipe, and it's super intimidating, right? Like right. there's like 
20 ingredients there's so many directions right. things you never heard of you don't know how to you know do a certain process and then you can watch a 90 second video about it and it's you know someone showing you how to do it someone talking you through it and it makes meringues look really easy yeah and a lot of that and a lot of that stuff is easy like a lot yeah. of that stuff it seems really intimidating and like like poaching eggs like you know it might seem hard but once you do it a few times it's not that hard um, and so I think I think for the most part it's yeah it's definitely made people more interested made people more adventurous yeah totally you know, I think people especially young people now are very adventurous adventurous uh, when it comes to cooking um, and partly because of you know the proliferation of all these videos and recipes and 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 so many different outlets and different ways of covering you know like extra crispy we have our own like when you're watching one of our videos at least we would hope that you know you're watching a video on our site and tasty same thing right. um, you know panna cooking and you know it's a, you kind of there's so many different ways of showing it do you think there's a responsibility for food websites to honestly put what food is out there as opposed to creating like a fake acai bowl and then eating something differently like where is the intersection between hyping up food so it looks like this amazing thing and then actually what a company is producing you know i don't know i think there's room for both I, I don't. I'm not sure if there's like a. I agree with Like that. you can't. Yeah. You can't do so much of this. You can't do so much of this. I mean, we have some recipes on our site that are very difficult, and like the end result is like this beautiful. Like we had one that we called like the white whale of avocado toast. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, it, it was a That's beautiful awesome. avocado toast that I think had a uh, quail egg on it. It had. Um, wow. Oh wow. You no, know, like, I don't think you needed tweezers, but it was kind of like plated. But they were in, recommended. In that way. Right. Yeah, and like most people are not going to make that, right. but it's just beautiful to look at, and then. Most of our recipes, almost all of our recipes, are much more accessible and much more. Do you guys make a lot of that stuff here? Yes, near where. Yeah. What do you, What do you guys like to cook at home? Me personally. Yeah. I cook. I cook whatever. Last night, uh, my girlfriend and I made um, Sichuan um, skirt steak. So Sichuan peppercorns, cumin, um, all sorts of other stuff. That's okay. funny. We also cook a lot of like uh, stir fries, Ch- mainly Chinese Sichuan stir yeah. fries, and then a lot of Thai stuff too. Yeah. By the way, we're getting <laughs> a coffee grinder in the background. This is what our normal peppercorns change oh your my cooking. God. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, get them. They're not expensive. They numb your tongue. I don't know if you guys have had them before. Yeah, your yeah. entire face just like tingles. It's incredible. <laughs> I, I have. Is that good? Because I didn't like. I didn't yeah. like that. Is it something? I mean, I've it's only good. had it once or twice. Yeah, yeah you, like you know, Mission Chinese. They have the um, mm-hmm. the uh, chicken wings. Right. The Sichuan chicken wings. Those are incredible, and you can make something like that at home. Yeah. Yeah, and then we do all sorts of easy dinners and stuff too that are not even worth mentioning like turkey burgers They're very boring <laughs> well yeah everyone everyone does <laughs> everyone that. does that. yeah burgers yeah. are delicious yeah I mean, we do a lot of like scumbag brunch which is like oh my goodness you get something delivered from like two blocks away from you oh yeah i will say my lowest hilarious name for it also yeah that's pretty brunch. awesome uh yeah i mean i would my scumbag brunch stories i used to live above Tompkins square bagels the place we're talking about and there was a while where they would take seamless orders for carry out and it was like an hour wait so you'd wake up you'd seamless in bed that's awesome. go take a shower go yeah. down get a bagel that's the way to do it they stopped doing that which is chris if you're listening that's bull <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably listening he probably is listening so all right anyway you want to go to the final toast uh yeah let's go to the final toast all right here it is all right jake who are you final toasting it's okay that if you it's sometimes it's hard to think of them on the fly. Trust me, I've tried to do it and it doesn't work. I'm final toasting all of Ryan Lochte's sponsorship deals. 
No, but he is. Uh, he he. Got I a saw new that one. he got a new one. But he got can a new you, one. Can, do you remember the name of the company? It's like a cough exactly. drop company. Exactly. You don't remember the name of the company. Yeah, but it's like when you have something stuck in your throat and you need that <laughs> apology. I think was the exact the exact. Um, line. We don't each need that. No, no, you no, don't no. have to. No. You're good with that if one. If you want it, Ryan, you looked like you had one on the tip of your tongue. I don't have one. Okay. <laughs> Maybe how about summer? That's a good, see. That's a, yeah. That's I'd say that's a good final toast. It's definitely getting a little cooler out, which. It's good. Yeah, I'm wearing a flannel today. I'm kind nice. of, I'm kind of pushing it. <laughs> I saw the high was I saw the high was like 93, and I was like, I'm wearing this anyway. Flannel, flannel, it is. Yeah, you dress for the weather you want yes. to see in the world. Uh, Nick, my final it? toast is uh, I, I don't think there are any more things to be artisanalized. I know that's not a word, but I'm oh, making you'd a be word. surprised. I'm sure there will be. Something. Well, I'm just now water. That, water has no, already no, been no, no. Water has already that, been artisanalized. No, that was a parody. No, no, there's a store in uh, Alphabet City that only sells highly enhanced water that they install in your house. I can't oh, remember who no, I was with. Someone kidding. I was with the other day, I was talking to had a water bottle in the shape of like a, a flask, and it was just this brand of water called Fred's Water, and it was supposed to be some sort of My roommate great drinks. water. That makes and, me yeah. so sad. Yeah, it's okay. been our... Yeah. It's been artisanalized. <laughs> no, they've also done oxygen. We have right. some. Yeah. We have some artisanal <laughs> oxygen at home, right. which reminds me of um, Spaceballs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll, I'll take I'll take a hit after waking up. Sometimes and it's what is there a flavor? Do you it's, a, it's peppermint. Peppercorn. Peppercorn. It cancels out the peppercorns. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I think that's probably going to do it for us. Uh, check out our website shmearsdeal Follow us on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook. Check out Breck Festival this weekend, 23rd. Where's it, Ryan, exactly? It is 23rd Street in the East River, September 3rd and 4th, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. both days. It's going to be awesome. Eat some artisanal chocolate. Great. That's right. I'm Nick Feynman here at Jake Say Walk, and like we always say, we'll do better next time. And stay toasty out there. This week's Schmears the Deal is brought to you by Extra Crispy and produced by Nick Feynman and Jake Seawalk in association with Team Panther Productions. Special thanks this week to Jim Gafkin and Stuart Francis. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes, and for more information, please visit SchmearsTheDeal.com.